Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the second hour of the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Alan today. And uh, there is time for me to make a few comments, because we talk about some pretty heavy-duty issues around here. And uh, I have always been fascinated by how people keep it together or what they draw on in such difficult times. Um, I, I, I continue to ask people this question, and of course there are as many answers as there are people. But I also want to preface this by saying that um, I believe that we, especially the little bit older generation, I'm not exactly a spring chicken, we have had the blessings of liberty for so long, and it's easy to get soft. It's easy to uh, take it for granted. And that's not an indictment of people, as we were talking about at the end of last hour, that are just trying to raise their children, put food on the table, to be left alone, to love their grandchildren. And all those things are critically important. That's what we want to do. But we see that there are assaults on our liberty, on our Constitution, on our Bill of Rights that seem to be growing every day. I am drawn to these sort of macro issues, I guess you could say, because we talk about individual issues, and it's important to do so, but we don't always talk about how they're always, how they're all related, how uh, they continue to uh, push and chip away at the very foundations of this country and turning our principles and our deeply held beliefs on their heads. Now, that does not mean that we all have to agree. In fact, it is the opposite. I revere and love the First Amendment, all of the Bill of Rights, for the for among other reasons the whole notion that america was founded upon individual freedom and liberty individual and personal responsibility not being branded stereotyped or framed for the color of your skin no matter what color it is and the excuses that are continually given about why we have to reduce people to the color of their skin or a group to which they belong, why we have to call all conservatives deplorables or domestic terrorists or all of that. The the excuses that are given, well, very frankly, are pure propaganda. I would encourage, I would humbly encourage people uh, to talk to their spheres of influence, because I think many people are much more aware of what's going on now than ever before, to encourage people to look at what's really going on instead of what the people who are imposing their will upon us by force say is going on. They continue to claim a moral high ground by imposing, oh, just as an example, quotas or um, reparations in San Francisco. (laughs) And I laugh because it's preposterous. They want to pay every black person in San Francisco, I think, and they're actually serious about this, $5 million because of the color of their skin. Regardless, it does not matter. They are ignoring completely, as sadly, the great, formerly great uh, uh, city of San Francisco does with their wokeness, ignoring completely that 
California, the state of California had absolutely nothing to do with slavery, number one. The people they would pay $5 million to uh, were not victims of slavery in any way, nor even were their parents and probably grandparents. So now you, you punish children for the sins of their parents or reward children for the sins of their parents, which is condescending to every black person. And white people had nothing whatsoever to do with slavery. Same point. And if you believe that the reason they've even proposed this, because I believe that they are implicated merely by proposing it, they don't have to uh, pass it in order for you to know who these people are that would propose such a ridiculous and divisive notion, hateful notion. It's, it's purely racist. It's purely hostile to our way of government. And uh, it creates hate and discontent, which is what they've gone about doing since we've seen whatever, whenever you've seen it, everybody kind of awakened, not woke uh, at different times. But once you got clear as to what they were trying to do, you realize that the excuses they give for the ridiculous, psychotic even, like pornography on grade school shelves and uh, maiming children with surgeries to con and confusing them about their gender, all of this, the excuses they give are ridiculous. They're psychotic. It's like, okay, a seven-year-old is going to jump from the highest building because she thinks she can fly. Are you going to push her off the building because that's what she thinks today? And are, or are you going to protect her and her life until she is of the age of consent and so much more? You know, uh, it's, it's, it's insane. And it's insane, really. It's almost insulting to the intelligence to defend such a thing. No, what you want to do is address what the true motive is and what their actions suggest, which is to reduce us all to nothing more than a collectivist number of a group to rob us of individuality, personal responsibility, which was exactly the opening salvo for ridiculous masks that did nothing. And they were proven not to do anything, but they still loved them because they're marks of subjugation. They're marks of slavery. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Watch the fruits of what they've done watch. So it's time to start holding them accountable for what they are doing, not what they say they're doing. Okay. When you call everything fascist and force fascism on people, when you <clears throat> uh, create victims out of criminals, you, you turn justice on its head by claiming that criminals are victims and law-abiding citizens are criminals, then you're attacking the foundation of our country. And it wasn't just done in America. It's being done systematically all across the formerly free Western world. People are beginning to get wise and hip to this, but look how long it takes. And if you take people to court, that uh, are the wheels of justice do take a long time. So what it really means, I guess, in this little segment here, is that never in the history of America have ordinary, everyday citizens been on the front lines of such an attack. Never. Our wars have always been fought overseas. And make no mistake, I do not advocate violence. I advocate nonviolent resistance to tyranny. 
And people are doing that all over the country. There are good news stories. They may seem small and like a spit in the ocean, but there are good news stories of people standing up against tyranny. Once upon a time, Democrats and the left used to lead on this issue. They used to talk about speaking truth to power and um, challenging the big corporations and big pharma and Walmart. They've gone back and contradicted everything they ever believed in because their new leftist betters told them that it's time that we we uh, shifted the script. And now we're all communists now. Okay, so that's my little uh, spouting off for today, which, yes, is the name of my show. Karen Catalina, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. We'll have a couple more marvelous guests when we come back on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. New research released to mark the International Day of Math reveals that math is the subject most American adults say they're afraid of, but it's also the subject they most want their children to be good at. So to help them support their children in building confidence with numbers, a new, fun and engaging computer game called Teach Your Monster Number Skills has hit the market. Junaid Mabeen is a math expert from Number Skills, and he says building your child's confidence from an early age is vital. Getting kids confident with numbers from a very young age is so important to their long-term success in mathematics. And the reason I use Teach Your Monster Number Skills with my own children is that it teaches them about numbers, about how creative and, and playful numbers can be. It's very fun and also educationally very powerful. You can download this great game today. Just search for Teach Your Monster Number Skills online. It's available on all desktop and mobile devices. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM SkillsBuild continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think 
A parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alan Nathan Show. We continue with our guest list. I could tell you it's stellar, but, you know, it is. <laughs> Next on our roster is executive editor at Newsbusters and host of the Newsbusters podcast. I love Newsbusters. His name is Tim Graham. Welcome, Tim, to the Alan Nathan Show. You're with Karen Cataline. Hello, Karen. <laughs> hey, do you still do, does does Newsbusters still do the the mock news? I used to watch that all the time, and I loved it. Uh, do they still do that? I think I asked you that once before. I apologize if I did. Yeah, no, it's, it was called News Busted. It's been a couple of years. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> it was fun. It becomes and, one of those things about budgets. Oh, oh because... Uh, you know, we got to laugh uh, sometimes because the news can be so dark these days that uh, yeah. we have to, uh, to to laugh. The thing also that is of great interest to me, and you do so well, is to talk about the media and how the media seems to be four square in the pocket of the left. Maybe they're directing the left. Who knows? But the liberal guests on, on talk shows outnumber conservative guests by an astonishing number, and you have the facts, don't you? Yeah, we decided to look at the PBS NewsHour in part because I think people presume it's like a very starchy, kind of boring, uh, policy-wonk show. And what we found was, looking at November through February, yeah, they have almost four times as many liberal or Democrat guests as they do conservatives or Republicans. It was 126 to 34. And, uh, you know, this is now a show that has two new, young, diverse hosts who have a history with MSNBC. Uh, and they sound more like MSNBC now with our, except they're taxpayer funded. Yeah. And we've never been able to do anything about that, have we? I mean, we've seen for years that taxpayers are funding a a point of view that many of them are poor, and yet our dollars are taken to do it anyway. Is there any way to stop that? Probably not in these days, but it just seems so, along with so many other things that seem so wrong and unfair and unjust. What I think you? the... Yeah, the right time would have been, I guess, with a Republican Congress and a Republican president, right? So maybe imagine if you tried to do that in the first two years of Trump. Uh, you know, they were already in such a dither about how Trump was against democracy and hated the press. Uh, you know, I think that uh, the problem you've always had is the, the actual federal dollars that go to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting are fairly small, at least compared to a lot of other massive programs the federal government does. And the, I think the Republicans have always been nervous to say it's not worth the, the media pain we're going to get, not just from PBS and NPR, but from the entire media, because they're all in favor of that sort of taxpayer-funded liberal echo chamber. So Even I mean, a lot it, of Republicans, establishment Republicans, who wouldn't have gone along in the first two years of the Trump administration, right? Well, and I think this is one of the things they've always tried to do when it comes to PBS to say, but don't you love the children's programming, you know, they, they, and, or whatever else. And so in a lot of states, I'm from Wisconsin, that's where you see your, you know, University of Wisconsin hockey or uh, in North Dakota, they show high school wrestling on the PBS station. And so they, you know, there's cooking shows and they, they, they do stuff that's not political, that people actually donate money to support. But, you know, they also end up supporting, yeah, really biased so-called news like the news hour. Yeah. Yeah. I even noticed that on uh, a Sirius XM program on Broadway. 
You know, they oh, dedicated, sure. oh my God, they de- de- dedicated like a whole hour of programming in the horrors of climate change and <laughs> what we all needed to do about it. Not sure what that has to do with Broadway show tunes, but you know, that well, that is what they do and and they get away with it. I was going to say, what are they going to do? Light their shows with candles? I mean, what's Broadway going to do? You know, I always get annoyed at liberals when they're like, you know, oh, we're destroying the planet with electricity. Okay, TV station. Um, Right. Why don't you just go black then if you're so concerned, you know? Yes, but you know what? I'm sorry. The tactic is the same tactic of how... Uh, 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 Leonardo DiCaprio can fly to a climate change uh, uh, thing in somewhere in Europe and then scream about carbon and other things because their rules never apply to them. That's why, because there's no intellectual honesty there. Well, they, they right? as, a, as is a lot of things, they think that they're special and they're doing something so special. So, they get an asterisk because they care. You know, they're they're uh, they're bending the arc of history toward justice. Hmm. So, talk <laughs> to us. <laughs> you notice my little comment there. Yeah. I'm I'm still fascinated though about how you uh, once you get this statistic that is really glaring in a normal world that there are 126. Democrats, wokesters, liberal guests to 34. And God knows what those 34, they're like, uh, you know, the view, the Republicans or the so-called conservatives are Mm -hmm. not the most conservative conservatives. So once you have that information, which is more than four to one, I think, what do you do with it? What do you do about it? Well, one would hope that PBS would look at this number and they would look at it themselves and say, gosh, are we not being balanced. Well, you know, this is the whole question. I don't, I think they know what they're doing. I don't think they'd be like, gosh, I had no idea we had more Democrats on. Uh, You know, what's what's interesting about this? Well, they did. They ought to know. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and, and look, we're not even counting this, the regulars on PBS. So like every Friday night, my hate watching event is Jonathan Capehart and David Brooks, where like the week in, week in review panel and David Brooks is supposed to be the the Republican, and they agree with each other on almost everything. So it's just mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah, we don't even count that toward the liberal tilt. But yeah, we, usually with the politicians, we, you have gotten, you know, a, a Mike Pence or a somebody like that, and they're very tough on them. Well, then they have somebody Mike from, Pence, a conservative. Yeah. No, well, he was. Well, <laughs> but the, <laughs> yeah. He, he, all I'm saying is these are the yes. Republicans, right? These are the Republicans. And the, when they put Democrats on, it's much more like, oh, Senator Leahy, tell me how glorious it's been for you to be in Washington. You know what I mean? There's there's yeah. also a real difference in the treatment between liberals and conservatives. Right. And we see this in the justice system. We were talking about criminals being treated like victims and law-abiding citizens being treated like criminals. I mean, we see this two-tier justice system both in media as well as in the so-called real world. So what are you doing, if anything, with this information? And uh, we're almost done. How can they find you there on Newsbusters? Yeah, we're at newsbusters.org and... uh you know, we are hoping Republicans in Congress do take this to heart and ask a bunch of hard questions. Well, good. And you've got to have the information to do so. So, Tim Graham, thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about, uh-oh, TikTok when we come back. Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. When you have multiple software solutions handling all your IT needs, the cost and inefficiencies really add up, leading to IT sprawl. IT sprawl is a common issue for several companies, but can be especially harmful for small to medium-sized enterprises. 
The solution? IT Unification. IT Unification unleashes IT teams to do more by maximizing existing investments and plugging gaps that lead to higher costs, overspending, and more work. You get more out of what you have, improve security, and obtain more visibility and control into your environments. The open directory platform provider JumpCloud helps companies through the entire IT Unification process. Josie Judy, manager at JumpCloud. IT Unification optimizes your offerings, decreases your management workload, levels up your tech game, and gives you a competitive advantage. Choosing an all-in-one platform like JumpCloud offers all the functionality at a fraction of the time and cost of multiple providers. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Spring is in the air, and now's the time to spring forward with a delicious breakfast from Burger King, an all-natural Simply Orange juice. Begin your day with a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant, or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit on a warm buttermilk biscuit. And make it a meal. All Burger King breakfast sandwiches go great with crispy hash browns and pair perfectly with a Simply Orange juice with no added sugar. Never sweetened, never concentrated, and never frozen. Simply Orange goes perfectly with breakfast at Burger King and is rich in vitamin C. And now through March 31st on the BK app, Royal Perks members get a free single sandwich with any Simply Orange juice purchase. Use code BREAKFAST to redeem. Get a jump on spring with breakfast at Burger King. Because you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, Royal Perks account required. Restrictions apply. See offer terms for details. Not valid on delivery orders. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Alan today. 
And I do believe we have our next guest. Is that right? Yes. I'm sorry for, you know, I, my headphones were off and I did not hear that. So glad to welcome once again to the program, Dr. Carol Lieberman, MD and Masters in Public Health. She's also known as, really, the Terrorist Therapist and hosts both the Terrorist Therapist Show I don't know. Them is fighting words. I don't know what that means. We'll have to find out. <laughs> Dr. Carol's Couch and VoiceAmerica.com. She's also a board-certified Beverly Hills psychiatrist. Oh, boy, I bet you have lots of clients there. And a three-time Emmy-honored TV news talk commentator. Welcome, Dr. Carol Lieberman, to The Alan Nathan Show. You're with Karen Cataline. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. So, psychiatrist to the stars, huh? Or Beverly Hills, anyway, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Not just stars. <laughs> and I, I, I think not. There aren't too many of this. Well, you're here to talk about TikTok. And a lot of people who do not have TikTok don't have, let's start with uh, an understanding of why TikTok has been on there's been a light shown on it. Even the left is commenting about it. What's going on there? Yes. Um, if you haven't been on TikTok, well, first of all, I'm not recommending that you go on, but I'll give you a little clue of what you're so-called missing. Um, you know, I say not to go on it because from the very moment that you get on it, your data, whatever you do on TikTok, uh, is at risk of being sent to the uh, Chinese Communist Party. I call it the Chinese spy balloon of the Internet. Ah. Uh, wow. it's a, it's, it has all kinds of um, videos, and mainly it's videos of com- people making, oh, anybody, anybody can go on TikTok and make a video and try to you know, gather more uh, viewers and so on. But uh, and some of the things, you know, are not bad, but most of it is very dangerous. Um, from from so-called mental health professionals, uh, you know, people with questionable c- credentials going on and talking about, you know, giving advice <laughs> um, to which which not only sometimes is bad advice, but um, teenagers have been known to um, start copying like the symptoms that they talk about, you know, with the different oh. diagnoses. Um, they copy the symptoms and then claim they have like borderline personality, for example, claim that they have that, um, mm. that diagnosis. So, but there's that, but there's then, there's more um, definite, more outright um, things that are bad, like suicide videos, things encouraging viewers. Then, you know, it's, it's of course largely teens and young adults, but it's anybody can go on it and do, do go on it. Um, it encourages people to think that life is horrible and not going to get any better, and you might as well go kill yourself. Um, then there, it's also, there are also now things on there uh, trying to get people to become incels, you know, involuntary celibate. Becoming what? Like, what? Incels. I-N-C-E-L. And incel uh-huh. um, is what Brian Koberger is, uh, you know, the, the Idaho killer. Um, it's a man who, uh, has been rejected all of his life in terms of trying to get a girlfriend. So he doesn't get a girlfriend. He doesn't get sex and he gets more and more angry at women. Uh, And, uh. um, and there are things on TikTok that encourage that. Um, so they're encouraging anger at women or just angry, anger at the opposite sex. Well, no, it's predict it's at women. It's at women. Um, and so misogyny. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, it used to be. or it And the left is, used but... to be against that, if I remember. Right? And, and what, used to be what, against misogyny. <laughs> but who, not who now. used to be against? The who left used to be. Used to be. Oh, they used, uh-huh. They're doing everything that they used to be against. I don't know who owns TikTok or who's running TikTok. Um, is is well, it true it is... that the left is now against TikTok, too? I believe well, in this Well, he- in this hearing that just took place, um, yeah. it was both uh, Republicans and Democrats who were interviewing or questioning the CEO of TikTok, questioning him both on, on two issues. One is its connection to the Chinese Communist Party, 
which he kept trying to deny, but then he was sort of outed because um, one of the Congress people um, asked him about the Uyghurs. You know, what does he think about the Uyghurs or what do you think about content about? And he wouldn't answer it. Like he wouldn't show that he was against the Chinese Communist Party by saying that, oh, that's terrible what they're doing to the Uyghurs. So he, it was, his loyalty to the to the CCP was outed, basically. Um, so oh. it's it's two issues. One is the security of our data, and two is the content um, that is dumbing down American kids, as well as you know getting them to commit suicide. There was a man, a father, and a mother at the hearing um, whose son committed suicide. Followed a TikTok video that that got him to to. Uh, stand on the um, train tracks, and he got run over by a train. I mean, there are there have been new other cases of of kids um, who have followed, for example, a challenge where you suffocate yourself in order to get sexually aroused. I mean, anything that you could dream up and then some, you can find on TikTok with no yeah. um, no counter to it. Nobody is saying, "Oh, well, I wouldn't suggest you try this at home." Yeah. Dr. Lieberman, I I have two questions about this. I hope I can ask them together and let you just go off and go for it. One is how it's terrible stuff that you're talking about. And I sort of knew some of it. How's it different than Facebook and others who do questionable things with our data? And are we contributing to one uh, censorship and two absolving some of the appalling stuff in our own social media where they are uh, 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 taking away our rights to data privacy. I'm just wondering. I mean, I understand the point, but I mean, isn't that a a possible uh, drawback to banning TikTok? I don't know. Your thoughts? Okay. Well, you know, these... Other uh, social media platforms um, have the same, do some of the same things as far as getting people addicted to um, spend more and more time on their platforms. And that's so that they can promote ads. You know, they, they, um, with algorithms, they figure out what people, by what they choose to watch and how they interact, they figure out what people might like to buy. And yes, they do sell uh, personal data. Uh, of course, of course, TikTok is the only one that we know of um, that sells it to the Chinese ah, Communist Party. To the Chinese Communist Party. Remember, just as an aside, when Obama was in office and there was this huge data breach uh, in which highest upper level officials in our government and HR, their information was compromised. And guess who got it? The Communist Chinese Party. What a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, yes, it's it's really very, you know, another way of looking at it, too, is that, and and this does go for other social media, too, but TikTok is the most popular. And um, he said, uh, the CEO said at the hearing that there are 100, or, or, or one of the congressmen said it, anyhow, there are 150 million Americans who go on TikTok. Half the country goes on TikTok. Now, (laughs) aren't there more productive things (laughs) that I would like the country to be doing rather than sitting, you know, glued to um, uh, a screen and watching all these, you know, horrible things? Except for one thing. Um, We, you know, we all have things we would love other people to be doing. And I am not (laughs) saying that this is acceptable, but um, at the very least, the most important thing that is under attack right now is personal freedom. So uh, in our last few minutes, what would you advocate? Would you, would you be advocating the banning of TikTok? Not saying that I disagree. Uh, and, and then where does it end when we ban and when the government itself is not reliable or have integrity as to who else and what else gets banned? We already know Twitter was uh, an arm and an instrument of the Democrat left uh, shutting opposing opinions down. So how do you how do you pull all that apart? Well, 
because I mean I, I agree with what you're saying, but um, you know I, you know I uh, don't like being shut down as a doctor um, from writing on social media what I think is the best uh, cure for um, COVID. But um, right. it's not really about that. It's about making sure that harmful things like these suicide videos. I mean, that's like obviously bad. I don't disagree with that one bit. How do we find you, Dr. Carol Lieberman, real quick? Okay, well, you can go to terroristtherapist.com for one of my... uh, Very good. Carol Lieberman, Dr. Carol Lieberman, always a pleasure, always enticing and interesting topics. We're going to wrap up the show with one more guest. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's going to be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. 
veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline sitting in for Alan today. And wrapping up the program is a reverend whom we've talked to many times before, CEO also of Compass Care Pregnancy Services, Reverend James Harden joins us right now on the Alan Nathan Show. Hi, Reverend James Harden. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Karen. Thanks for having me back. Well, good, and you're here to give us an update on the recent attack on your Buffalo Pro-Life Center, which happened a year ago, and apparently there was an arrest? There was. A, there was an arrest, yes, on Saturday, um, March 25th, just this Saturday. Um, the, the arrest was in, 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 in light of a recent vandalism on March 16th, the the late in the evening after the the hearing of the U.S. District Court case that was uh, continuing to form a, more violence against pro-life people. We asked the FBI early on if they were going to issue a threat alert for, for pro-life organizations um, uh, ahead of, of the court hearing. They said no. Uh, Washington Post got a leak saying that the, the, the judge, his family, and the uh, court staff were getting death threats, and that's why they wanted to keep the hearing schedule uh, quiet. But nevertheless, uh, the hearing came out. We were ag- again vandalized, uh, oh. and uh, we submitted we submitted the, the 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 evidence to local police as well as the FBI, and they found somebody and arrested her. Uh, she is a 39 year old woman, um, and she was arrested on one count of criminal mischief, which is a, a felony, carrying a one to five year prison sentence if convicted. This, uh, this would be on top of any potential punishment precipitated by any federal charges brought by the Department of Justice for violation of the FACE Act, which it does qualify for. Hmm. Reverend, does that surprise you, given the charges that the Justice Department and the FBI have been weaponized against conservatives? Does this whole uh, new uh, situation uh, surprise you? What do you think about it? Well, <laughs> I can tell you that I've spoken to the, the, the local police department more in the last uh, 48 hours than I have in the last 10 months. They're treating wow. us like, you know, treating us with kid gloves right now. And in fact, I'm, I'm in direct communication with the captain of the police department. Um, this is surprising because this is the first arrest in any of the, the, the threats and attacks that have come, been leveled against us uh, by the, the pro-abortion uh, James Revenge domestic terrorist group. It's one of only three arrests that have been made, um, no convictions, by the way, in over 300 attacks across the country since the illegal leak of the, the, the Dobbs case overturning uh, Roe versus Wade back in May. Wow. So I said, look, you know, here's the thing. Um, I know that local police pr- usually want to solve these crimes. And that's the case with Amherst Police Department in Buffalo. Um, it's the FBI that we're having trouble with. Every time they get involved mm-hmm. and usurp the, the investigative power of local police, it slows things down. Um, so I, I said, look, this is exactly what we've been saying all along. We gave this information to the to the FBI, and the FBI apparently, according to local police, helped them with the forensic analysis of the video, which led to an arrest. And we've been saying all along they've had this power. They have the forensic capacity to to identify the, the, the perpetrators and make arrests. They're choosing simply not to do it when there's crimes against pro-life people. Yeah. Uh, do you have... Are you speculating as to why it is, or you're just not looking a gift horse in the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, we we are speculating as to excuse me, we are speculating as to why um, 
you know, so far, the, the, the FBI still refuses to call all these attacks domestic terror. Um, they also still refuse to, to list them on their reproductive health task force webpages as violence against uh, reproductive health centers. Um, the, uh, the, the Kristen Clark is, uh, is the one in charge of the Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice. And that department is responsible for investigating these crimes. And, uh, and Kristen Clark is a uh, known, uh, she's vehemently opposed to pro-life pregnancy centers. Uh, there's a major conflict of interest there, and it, and it makes sense that they're deprioritizing these. It's just that the FBI has a reputation problem now. They, they're, they're interested in solving the reputation problem, not in solving these crimes. And so, you know, when, when they come out and, and, and help to solve these, these, this particular case, it just simply acts as an indictment against them. We, we've been saying all along they can solve these cases, and they, and, and they have less evidence for this particular vandalism than they do for the firebombing and all the other cases out there. So, um, you know, I, I, I hate to look a gift horse in the mouth, but I am celebrating the Amherst Police Department and encouraging other local police departments to not let the FBI usurp their investigative duty. Hmm. Well, and it also, I mean, I guess one of the morals of the story is that if the FBI has a lousy reputation and they're, they're acting to at least try to do the right thing in any way, shape, or form, it must mean that people who report wrongdoing wherever they find it makes a difference, doesn't it? It does. It makes a big difference for people to stand up and hold government accountable so that justice can remain blind. Yeah. Uh, it is the job of enforcement to enforce the law equally. Even if I think the FACE Act, for example, is unconstitutional, which I do, it's still the job of government to enforce it equally as long as it's on the books. Mm-hmm. Which act was that? The, the FACE Act. The Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrance Act, which is what they're... Oh, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Our listeners needed yeah. to know what that was. Uh, what do you know about the person who was arrested? Is she indeed part of Jane's revenge? Do you know anything about her at all? Our private investigators are looking into it. The captain of the police department said that uh, that uh, that they insist that she's that this, is, this incident is not related to the firebombing, but or I don't know how they can know that unless they know who, who did the firebombing. Um, our private investigators are looking into her, and she does have uh, connections uh, with, uh, the, you know, the James Revenge uh, crowd. So I don't, I don't know why, where they're getting that from, but um, maybe they just uh, don't have the tools our private investigators do. One last question. We are almost out of time. Given the relentless uh, going after Trump for they're claiming that he incited an insurrection by saying that uh, people should walk peacefully and patriotically to Congress. What about people like Elizabeth Warren and others who it sounded like she was inciting violence towards pregnancy clinics, or am I wrong there? No, you're right, Karen. Uh, Elizabeth Warren definitely incited violence against pregnancy centers, uh, saying that we're harming women and that <clears throat> we all need to be shut down all across the country. Shut them down. She's screaming this. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, she's she's responsible as well. She she came out likening peaceful pro-life pregnancy centers to Al-Qaeda. Um, and you've got, yeah, it's you know, stunning. Stunning. Out. We should be moving. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody they can find you. We got to go in about 15 seconds. Yeah, if you're looking for more, more information, go to compassclearcommunity.com. That's compassclearcommunity.com. Dr. James Harden, thank you so much for joining us. That wraps it for this edition of The Alan Nathan Show. Thank you to everyone for making it possible. And as you can see, speaking up on principle, exercising your rights matters. Please do it. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.